This is a National Arts Center podcast. Welcome to NEC Dance with Kathy Levy. In this podcast, Kathy chats with Louise Le Cavalier, a true icon of Canadian contemporary dance, during the National Arts Centre presentation of their choreographic work, Mille Batailles, Battleground. Welcome back to Ottawa, and what a fantastic series of performances of Mille Bataille Battleground. It's just been great to to have, to, to be able to welcome you back to the National Arts Centre. Oh, I'm so happy to, to be able to present this show here. Really, it counts for me. The response has been great. Mm. I think we've done many of your shows here uh, as you've moved yes. into this new yeah. phase of your career as yes. a dancer and a choreographer. And of course, the NEC's had a long association with you uh, through your work before. So quick recap just for folks who might not have been able to follow all of your life career as an artist maybe you can tell us a little bit about how dance started for you and how the the, the beast of dance kind of <laughs> captured your heart as an early as at an early age it it was uh, i started uh, by by chance in a way um I don't know how it happened. It was at high school how we started to... Oh, yes, I remember. Okay, we started... Um, it was a group of people that made a show. They were uh, people from fifth grade, and they were look- looking for small, small, the smallest of the school to represent something in the show, maybe children or something. So they took the smallest girl, and I was very small. I was young also. Um, so they took me to participate in the show, and... We didn't talk. There was three girls. We didn't talk. We just moved. It was some kind of choreography. And the year after, I wanted to continue something like this, but there was not any option of dance in the school where I was. There was theater, so I went to theater. And it didn't do the same thing for me <laughs> at all, at all. Um, so we asked the school to have a studio, uh, a locale, uh, where we could uh, push the desks away oh, cool. and put music. And some of us, uh, some students, we decided to start to dance together and prepare choreographies and when there were events at school we could present something so that's how simply it started but when I finished high school you know uh, at the end of high school people uh, fill little notebooks with uh, signatures of your friends and they write something yeah and uh, lots of people associated me already with dance Oh, that's great. It was funny. So the messages of, of having seen you perform and, and that was already in their minds. Yes. That's so great. it started simply like that. And then at CJEP, there was um, uh, a parascolaire. I don't know how to say. Mm-hmm. It's not official. Like extracurricular activities. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And uh, there was uh, Louise Boudreau who was teaching there. She was ex-dancer from Les Grands Ballets Canadiens and then she had mm-hmm. been with the groupe Nouvelle Air and someone told me oh there's a dance troupe here you can join and I went and she was uh, the person that opened all the doors with for me. Groupe Nouvelle Air. With, yeah she okay. told me you should go there take classes because she was giving two classes a week to a bunch of us and she said uh, I said I'm interested by something special with dance not classical not jazz something I didn't even know the name and she said yeah there's Groupe Nouvelle Air in Montreal you should go see and she sent me to classes uh, 
every special class that was in town, a teacher from New York coming, like Sa Sugiera, for example, or um, David Earl from Toronto coming, she would send me there. And I was there as a beginner with uh, Alexandre Belinsky or the wow. best dancers yeah, yeah, yeah. that were there taking class. She just threw me in the action right away. And I think I loved it. So we're talking sort of late 70s, early uh, 80s when uh, yeah, contemporary late 70s. dance was really starting to blossom, if you will, in Montreal. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There was not so much thing at, as there are now. Mm-hmm. There were so many dance groups and uh, dancers in Montreal now it was if I compare it was very small mm-hmm. like, there was maybe two or three different uh, modern companies Place Royale Groupe Nouvelle Air a uh, few little things but it was not so much but it was starting we first of course learned your name and saw you on stage when you joined La 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 Human Steps in 1981 that was a huge a huge step for you and for them you really <laughs> went on to define the look of that company for for a very long time. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, when I started with Edward, uh, I, I was really a fan of his work. It was not La La La, it was Edward Locke and dancers or his own projects. And I was really uh, fascinated by his work. I, I've seen his work with Le, Le Groupe Nouvelle Air. I didn't dance in it, but I saw the pieces. And I think that's what I got to like the most in that. At the beginning, you like everything. Mm-hmm. Well, everything in modern dance. And then oh, soon enough, I, I was clearer about what I liked. But I didn't really want to join his works because there was so few people. So it was a very strange uh, phone call when he asked me to, to go work for him. Just out of the blue? Yeah. I saw. I thought everybody must be out of town and there's just me left in the <laughs> summer. So he phones me. Because uh, what I'd seen from his work, I'd, I couldn't think I was able to do that or portray that. Not even the physical ability, but there was some kind of beauty uh, at that time. It was very different from what he's been very known for afterwards. And... I thought, I love it, but it's not for me. But I'm just happy to see it. So I, was, I thought it was strange that he phoned me. And it was not a evident click. Um, I, I knew I was not good enough all the first months I worked for him, with him. And after Oranges, then, well, finally I found my place, but very smoothly, slowly, innocently in a way. How do you look back on that time, though? Because... There was Oranges, there was Human Sex, there was New Demons, so many pieces of which, I guess, more and more, you really became the centerpiece. You became the face, if you will, of that company, along with other dancers as well. But people, the association with Louise Le Cavalier and La 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 Human Steps was very quickly very big. But I was not totally aware of that, uh, I think. I, I kind of like to be a second very much, uh, to be in the, the spotlight. I was very shy, so it was not something I was aiming for. And I really liked one dancer that was there at the beginning, who was Miriam. And for me, she was the star of the company. And Miriam Moutillet. Moutille. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I really liked to be uh, uh, her second, you know, that was a pleasant role to have. And it's just my involvement in the in the dance itself, like uh, for the, uh, Edward's steps and choreography, it's just, just my enthusiasm and my desire to move and to find my own things at the same time uh, that made me uh, so present in the company. And I didn't realize the impact maybe I had uh, until long, many years after, until, maybe until I left. 
Really? After I left, I realized more. Even with some of those big productions where you were so focused, like you you were on the films, Mm -hmm. you were had the main duets and solos, and that's true. But uh, there was so much uh, stress and sometimes panic to to have so much on my shoulders that uh, I couldn't be outside myself and watch it from the outside. Mm-hmm. I was totally into this. First of all, not not just the stress, the pleasure of discovering the dances, making them in the studio, making them evolve, uh, and yeah, I think I, I wouldn't have feel good to to acknowledge this thing so much. So I kind of ignored it or I didn't want to see it, and it was not important to mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most important thing was for me to evolve mm-hmm. as a dancer, as an interpreter. Uh, the more I saw Edward's choreography, getting, uh, he was getting better and better at it. So I, was, I needed to get better myself, mm-hmm. uh, a better technical dancer, a better interpret. So there was, a, there was a real group of you. I mean, I was very fortunate to be around in those days, uh, helping to present the company in various places, working with you through the Canada Dance Festival. It was, it was a really tight group, uh, you know, a couple of very core dancers and others who came in for different projects. I, I'm imagining also that then, if you look back, maybe you didn't think about it at the time, but you were also contributing to what the work looked like, to the steps that were possible, to... <coughs> the choreographic development. Did you think about that at the time? Uh, at that time, no, but afterwards I realized that. Um, because now that there is distance, I can see who is really Edward and who, who am I, I am. At that point, I just saw him and I thought everything was his. Uh, I didn't see my input in it, but it was clearly there. Uh, now that I choreographed m- for myself and yeah, the kind of show that I want to present, the kind of energy, I know this comes from me. Mm-hmm. And it was, there was a very good connection with Edward. I think he liked uh, my creative part very much also. He, he liked me as, in, as an interpret, but uh, he was always agreeing with my choices mm-hmm. and my way of interpreting the work. Never sitting on something, uh, on beauty or on my capacity of doing a certain movement. Um, I, I never could sit there and be comfortable. And this he really like, and this is a way of performing. To never be comfortable is a choice of performance. And yeah, so something I was influencing. Something that's still with you as a dancer and choreographer today. Yes, yes. But it's also interesting to note that in my experience, you were one of the first female dancers who lifted men and who showed a strength that maybe we were, you know, during the heyday of the 80s when we were seeing a lot of work that was much more punchy and, you know, there were lots of ways we talked about it, Euro crash and, you know, you were really one of the only female dancers who took this very strong role. And I think that the influence of that uh, is probably bigger than you maybe realize, or maybe you've only come to realize with hindsight. That was very much a signature of Mm -hmm. you and that work. That's true, yeah. Um, hmm. Yes, I think uh, I didn't want to work with the imposed image of women dancer and as soon as I started to dance maybe not at high school but at CJEP I realized that I really love dance but I thought if I have to present myself like as a woman dancer 
there's a problem. I must be a neutral dancer. Then I feel I'm free. And, but if I have to be the woman in the woman roles, uh, we talk often of a dancer, a woman dancer, as she's beautiful. Uh, she has beautiful lines. She has beautiful skin. It's always about beauty. And I couldn't see myself beautiful, not beautiful in this way anyway. Um, and I really often dream that I was dancing, like to, to the full thing that I that you can imagine when you're young, and I could see myself neutral. But I didn't develop on this thinking, but in the action, real action, I remember working in the studio with uh, Louis Guillemet, and sometimes we were improvising because there was not so many steps that were made. He already. was in the early, early works of, yeah, uh, of Oranges, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, he was even before me there, and mm. I joined for Oranges. And I didn't feel good that the guy would lift me all the time. Uh, you know, it was dance contact, but he had the tendency to grab me and lift me. And soon enough, I thought, I want to do the same to him. I want to take him. Maybe I cannot do the same lift to him because he's heavier than me. He's much bigger. But, and Edward, I remember he saw me doing this just for, for fun. And he said, we're going to start the show like this. You're going to pick up Louis and turn him around. It was not an official big show of the company. It was a small show. I can't remember where it was, but the show started like that. I just carry Louis and make him turn and turn and turn. And for me, it was not because it was fashionable that I wanted to do that. It's just, it was my instinct. It was so natural. Then after I realized people thought it was so special. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was just my way of living, uh, of thinking. And it was a, a direct, it was in direct continuity with that. I think it's it's that that quality that you have as a person. It's a certain humility and a certain self-reflection that has probably put you in in really interesting, different kinds of relationships with a lot of, you know, what we call in Anguimet and quotes famous people. I mean, I'm thinking of how equal you were working with David Bowie and mm -hmm. how you were able to work with Frank Zappa. You know, mm -hmm. people that would be perhaps otherwise quite intimidating. Did you feel Did you feel like you could bring that neutrality to those kinds of relationships as well? I think I brought that everywhere because sometimes Edward asked me to dance with a homeless person in the street and we just walk and finally find somebody and I was dressed with a tutu and stuff and I started to dance with this person. It's, I was as shy to dance with this person as I was shy to dance with David Bowie. But I know that I have to get into a direct true relation like I cannot pretend anything I'm not sure I'm going to be able to dance with this guy I don't know in the street and this famous famous star I'm not sure if I can dance with either of them it's just we have to find some common uh, ground for a moment together so maybe it's more to be honest uh, to, it's more stressful to dance with Bowie finally on stage because there's so much expectations on him that I don't want to fail him. Uh, well, the homeless person, maybe there's not so many expectations about him. So uh, it's easy to, uh, to have just the fun. Mm -hmm. It's playful. But when it's a big star, it comes with a bit of stress. But in the studio, if I can't ignore the st stress, nothing will happen. Mm -hmm. It will be fake and it will take more time because at the end you have to, to dump everything every false things. You have to go for the direct link. And he was able to do that, obviously. And Frank Zappa, the same. I just met two normal 
person for me, very intelligent and smart and uh, charismatic people, but humans. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful to think about that, really, because I remember being, again, lucky enough to watch you work with Bowie and watch that show and feel very much that he was as in awe of you and what you could bring to the performance as maybe the fans were in those mm-hmm. big halls mm-hmm. of what they came to see from him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very rare. Mm-hmm. That was a big present in a way to, to feel some love from a person like this. I mean, even he died and still I have this thing, it's with me even before he died. I didn't see him for a couple of years, but it was always with me. It's something he gave me. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a guy that I feel I had such a good taste and such intelligence and good artistry that I sense that he loved me and this is very, very powerful. It's still in me. What made you decide to move on from La 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 and go on a different path as an artist? Mm-hmm. You left uh, the company in 1999, 19, almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. It was important that I left at that moment. Artistically, I still liked very much the work of Edward. I could have stayed forever because I still love how he creates choreography. It's unique and brilliant and it's just him that does it this way. So this was the only hard part. Uh, I was thinking I might miss those duets. I might miss this challenge. But I was missing something more. I was missing the, the pleasure of the beginner. Uh, the pleasure to start with a small group again, a few people, because that's what I love the most, besides the art, the, the, the dancing. Uh, it was the, the the feeling of this little group that creates something and the discovery. And at some point when the company gets so big in a way, uh, there's more pressure than fun. Mm-hmm. The fun was getting a bit less and the pressure was just getting higher. And also because it was veering towards ballet, ballet, uh, there was many ballet dancers, they come with rules that are established uh, for years and years. And for them, it's years since they started dancing, maybe they were five, six, seven. So they live in a, with codes. Uh, and even if they join suddenly a modern company, uh, the codes, it's so... Uh, Ingrained? Ingrained, yeah, that is present. And I felt like uh, an alien in the group. Mm. Uh, I felt very apart. And I even asked Edward, because he didn't want me to leave. I said, why don't you make something for one other dancer and me, a B show, like make your big show with the ballet people. And we could have a side show, like (laughs) in a smaller theater for Rick and me, a little duet or something or maybe a third person also. And he, he was like, no, 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 I need you in the big show. And that's he, mm. that was his way. And I understand mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. He was he didn't have a plan to make a second show. Sure. Edward is totally into one thing. Sure. So it meant that I had to leave and believe for a moment that this thing could happen again. Uh, maybe it was uh, very idealistic because after you're 40 years old, I, I think I left, I was 40 or something like that. Yeah, 40. It's, maybe not evident to start again from zero. Mm-hmm. But that's really what I wanted, to start from scratch. Did you know what your next steps would be? No, uh, I left with nothing. And I was not even sad, but I was not happy. It was not like, oh my God, thanks, I'm, I'm away from but that. But you knew, you knew it wasn't like you were going to go a different path. You knew the artist in you was still the driving force, oui. the dancer, yeah. the interprete. 
Yeah. That was clear, I guess. I didn't know that I was about to choreograph. Okay. This I didn't know. I thought I want to start and find somebody, a little genius like Edward, and find somebody and maybe let's meet two, three people and we create something new. This <laughs> feeling I had when I met Ted Robinson, because he really made me laugh and he was clever and he was a bit uh, philosophical. So I really liked him and I thought, Oh, lucky that I meet somebody else. Yeah. And he's one of our local heroes. We uh, just adore him. I, I know. We think he continues to be. We, yes, I agree. Yeah, he's such so he's creative, so original, and mm-hmm. so uh, it was very fun for one year or two. I worked with him uh, first on one of his projects because he found me to learn his strange movement. That, so it was still my interpret interpret side that was uh, happy with that. So it took a while before I went into choreography. You also worked with um, Benoit Lachard, who yeah. many uh, people in the dance scene also know, and Crystal Pite. Yes. And uh, the late um, UK artist <gasps> Nigel Charnock. Yes, Nigel. And of course, you got a chance to revisit mm. Edward's work. Yes. I, when, when you were saying earlier that you missed those duets, yeah. I thought, ah, oh, that's an interesting connection. Okay. So again, this emergence of your role as an artist, as an interpret, starting to make, first Ted calls you, and then somewhere along the way, you make a choice of who you want to call. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true, because I asked Crystal and I asked Benoit. Uh, when I phoned Benoit to make a, to ask him to make a solo for me of five or ten minutes, and I was not asking so much, uh, I was finally repaired, because all the last years of with La La La, I had a very bad hip problem. So it didn't allow me to improvise very much. I had to be more, uh, calculate more how I'm gonna do the rehearsal. Uh, So creativity was a bit more difficult when you have to be so organized uh, with preparing the movement. And when you say you got repaired. Oh, I got an operation. You got a new hip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, with a brilliant doctor that made a very perfect job. Perfect. So my hip was back like, 12 years uh, younger. <laughs> younger. Yeah. <laughs> so then when I found Benoit, I knew that he was working differently and wouldn't give me steps. So I thought maybe I'm going to get more creative for this. And uh, But anyway, I didn't need to have Benoit in the studio. I was there before he arrived and I was improvising because my body was suddenly free again. So uh, he was a bit astonished every day to arrive <laughs> in the studio and see me dance, 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 dance without he saying even a word. After a while, he said, okay, you can stop. <laughs> Let's work on something on the floor, relax for a while. In this period of creation with Benoit, I realized that movement was pouring out of my body. It's like if I had uh, stopped that from, from maybe when I was 20, 22, I was improvising all the time because I was not dancing enough in project. So I was creative always. And then I got so into Edward's work that I thought I left this behind me. But suddenly when I opened this door again, movement was just like flowing. I could improvise hours nonstop. Just, oh, it was a great feeling. So I thought, oh, maybe I can do this. But I didn't really think that. No, it just happened. In my mind, it was not even clear yet. To be a choreographer. Yeah, no. I just did the piece with Benoit. He was kind of my mentor to make the eyes memory piece. But the movement was just coming, coming. And after I made another piece with him where he said, okay, you you choreograph. Uh, We both choreograph. And there again, yeah, it's me. And there again, I saw, okay, it's it's coming. I'm making the piece. I'm able to do that. But uh, still needed more to get my confidence. Because after I thought, 
I'm shy to ask people always to make pieces for me. It's like, uh, it's a bit hard to phone someone and please have an inspiration about me. It's not so evident. It's better when it goes the other way. Well, it seems it's better. So I thought maybe I should make the next piece. I'm curious when you yeah. did A Few Minutes of Luck yes. as part of your performance, uh, did that feel like the same? I mean, here, you're talking about a younger body because <laughs> of the operation. and But what what was that process like for you? Was it like going back and seeing an old friend? Or did it feel very much about, I'm going to revisit how I communicate with that friend? Why, Do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, I, I was really missing those dances, so I thought, I want to try it. I want to do it. It was 10 years after I'd left the company. But when I had to relearn from videos, I thought, I know nothing about <laughs> this. I had to learn piece by piece wow. each movement. And I thought, my God, and I hate to learn from a video. It's something I don't like to do. So it was a bit painful to learn it. And it took a long time of rehearsals, uh, many rehearsals before some things that I couldn't see on the video just came out of my body. So it was, it was uh, low, uh, dug back, you know, mm -hmm. very I think that's far. something so essential in what you're saying because most people I don't think think about the fact that dance is like a three-dimensional form so even when you're looking at it on a video or on television <laughs> you're not really seeing all the space behind the body oui, and oui. the motivation for things so I'm just imagining you're there you're looking at yourself in those videos for 10 years before mm -hmm. but it's not till it is inside you yes, that you feel exactly. you have it. It's and, fascinating. And also these dances I had never seen very much because I, I, we didn't of work course. with cameras. And uh, sometimes I saw a film if there was a little film, but I see it once. So my knowledge of the dance was from the body. And not to relearn it from visual was very strange because sometimes I misinterpret a visual. I see a leg high, but in my mind it's high, but in fact it's not so high, it's lower. So it gave me wrong indication sometimes. Uh, I was trying to make too much to copy the image. And after, if I look at what I was dancing with um, Elijah and then we kill, I thought, no, it's not, it's not so much of a leg over this arm, it's something smaller. And it was interesting to discover how it was more organic than just uh, de uh, extensions and decoration in a mm. way. Uh, but one dance, I learned back three dances and one was further back in time and something that I had danced more. And this one came back uh, very easily. Which one was that? The last one that was very uh, big twirls and uh, it was a duet that was in two with Donald Weikert. Okay. The duet at the end of the show in the cage uh, when the, all the... The big show called Two. Yeah, yeah, exact. So this one came very naturally. I was putting this one to the end because I thought it's going to be the hardest. There's lots of twirls and physically it was harder, but this one was more natural. I think one of the things that as an audience we got to appreciate from a few minutes of lock and work that you did with the other choreographers we've mentioned is that you were the mover, you were the dancer, but again, you were also, the movement came from who you, Louise Le Cavalier, is and was on stage. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, you know, we I revisited a lot of those Edward Locke pieces, but because you were bringing them to me, not because I went to see a remount of uh, yes. that piece with the full company. So you make this decision then, you have the confidence, you make a decision to take on your first piece. 
Did it come from improvisation? So Blue. So Blue, the yes. first piece that you made in 2012, I yes, think. So exactly. already mm-hmm. many years, and I just learned speaking to you this week that it's still touring, which is <laughs> incredible. Not very many artists can say that a work is still touring seven years later. But did you feel then somehow a confidence or a leap or a change, or did it really just come naturally to you that now you could be the author of your own script? It was not so serious. I didn't think I'm going to be the author of something. I just thought I want to be a beginner again. That's my favorite (laughs) position. I thought I'm going to improvise like crazy because when I saw contemporary dance on stage, I thought it was contained a lot. Mm. I thought, especially younger people, I thought, oh, they're so young and why they don't move? Mm. And I thought, I still want to move a lot, so I'm going to improvise, improvise, improvise hours every day. I was still very untireable at this moment, eight years ago, yeah. And I thought the peace will appear. Hmm. I don't know, maybe it's very naive to think that. But finally, two months before the show, I was getting a bit nervous because I thought, I don't know if I can improvise in front of a big audience. I can improvise by myself in the studio. And I got confident enough to improvise in front of the rehearsal person, France Bruyère. But because uh, I think it's important to, to, to underscore that when you said to your colleagues and friends, I want to make this piece, you had people lining up to present you all over the world. So when you say it was two months before the premiere, it's because people like me all over the world said, OK, great, come to my theater. So you had a commitment. Yeah, that's <laughs> the beautiful thing. It's is that so many people said, yes, we want to take you. One presenter said, oh, you can read a book and we'll be going to be happy. (laughs) For sure, I'm not going to read a book. But I think it's beautiful sometimes how this pressure, I take it and I don't take it. It's uh, I take it for the good thing because it gives me a date. Okay, I must be there this day for this person and then later on for this one and this one. So that's beautiful. But it, it I stay free with that most of the time. But at some point, two months before the premiere, I thought, maybe I should put something together. <laughs> but the beautiful thing of these months of improvisation is France often said to the rehearsal person, said, you have great stuff today, Louise. You have a whole piece that you made. But everything was gone after the rehearsal because I was so free that I didn't want to remember anything. Because if you start to want to remember, then you loop and do something again and again to put it in the body so that it stays. But I thought I wanted to go somewhere else maybe, so then I must not stop the improvisation. But the day I said, let's start and take your notebook and write, and I'm going to start something and I can destroy it after. If I don't like it, I can destroy it. And she said, fine, fine, fine. And I start and she said, I like this. Okay, I continue. Okay, I know. Okay, how do you want to call this? Let's call it this way, blah, blah, blah. And then I made the first piece, uh, eight minutes in almost a day. And after I knew, oh, it's going to go there to the floor. But I had lots of improvisation that I had done on the floor. So things happen. And I wanted in all this process to believe that things, if they are important, they will stay. It's like in a conversation, you can try to remember everything that we're going to, if we discuss together, I would try to remember everything we said. But it's almost impossible. And the conversation won't happen if I'm trying to stick to the first thing. I must remember we said that and she answered that. We let go and then we keep, something will stay. We speak every day for days and days and days. We will find the core of the conversation and it will happen by itself. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit what happened with the dance. It's a tr- I trust that. 
it feels a high risk all the time, but it worked for so many years. And, and you know, so you had So Blue in 2012, Mille Batailles, Battleground, premiered four years later in 2016. <laughs> You're very soon going to premiere an, a third a solo? Yeah, a, a solo. solo? Yeah. Okay, called Stations, Stations which oui. we'll talk about in a moment. But I think it's important also to underscore that all this time, you now have you have twins who are now 18. So okay. all this time you're also being a mother and yes. finding that side of your life. And I'm curious because many women artists grapple with this, mm-hmm. how you, what the challenges are around balancing that part of your life. Mm-hmm. I never thought life should be something really smooth and comfortable and easy. I like the challenges. Uh, since I'm young, I didn't want the comfort. I didn't want somebody to give me a lift somewhere. I wanted to find a way to go by myself. I will find a way, a bus, a hitchhike or something. Everything had to be, I wanted to taste everything from A to Z, you know. And this was the same with kids. Uh, it Yes, it's difficult to, probably it's difficult to, to have two kids by yourself and to create, to be a creator and have a small organization. And to tour. And to tour. Mm-hmm. But every, if you don't stress in advance about things, you just go one uh, one step at a time. Okay, I need to do this, I do this. I need to do that, I do that. I think, I think having the kids helped me to be even clearer also with that. And being my own boss. Because I'm more nervous if I'm... I was more nervous dancing for Edward because I didn't want to ruin his project. His project, I didn't want to uh, make a problem with it. But my own project, if I have to say no at some point, I can't do it. It's just, I'm just going to make something maybe bad for myself, but not to anybody else. But in a way, I realize it's not even bad for myself. If it's too much and I cannot go further, okay, that's where I stop. And another door will open. There's going to be another place to go and something else will happen. So I became more calm, finally. Having the kids made me realize it, this and also being by myself. Even if I have people working with me, I create the mood of this group of people. Mm-hmm. So if nothing is so dramatic, we're just doing art. It shouldn't be dramatic. I, I have to say, and I know I have to let you go soon, but I have to say that um, the film project uh, that uh, focused on your life, Sosan Cheval de Feu, that came out a couple of years ago, is probably one of the most beautiful documentaries about any artist anywhere that I've seen, and certainly a dance artist. And the fact that you do invite your daughters to be part of that is very beautiful because sometimes, again, we don't see the human side of of, uh, of an artist. And I, I hope you're, you were as happy with that film as, as all of us who saw it uh, were. It's, it's always difficult to see yourself in a movie, mm-hmm. So, but this, so this part will always be difficult. So I'm not watching it uh, regularly and okay. not even ever. I did at the beginning to, to make the choices and everything. I watched it once sitting in the theater and that I'm okay now because I can watch the dance all the time. But hearing you speak, I would like to change so many words and make them better because the dance is refined when I, when it's on film, you know, you choose the images or it's a dance you rehearse for a long time. But the words, sometimes, oh, I wish I would have said it better and I can be a bit bothered with that. 
So now I make my head in the sand and I don't see it and it's okay. <laughs> well, you won't feel that way about this discussion we're having today, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to it. <laughs> okay, that's okay. You can confess that. That's fine. But before I let you go, please give us a little clue about Stations and the new solo that's going to premiere very soon. Well, it's difficult to speak about a work before it's okay. totally we'll finished. We'll have to get you back next year oui, and we can do oui. a little follow-up. But I'm excited with it because it's so different from from Milbatai, very different from So Blue also. It's, I see, okay, I'm in a journey and I'm gone somewhere else. So I'm very happy only about, uh, not only, if it would be only that, that's enough to make me happy. That I found something else. Like when I found Battleground, uh, Milbatai, I was happy because it was so different from So Blue. It's still very dancey, but that, it doesn't come from the same place. Uh, and now it's really something more personal. Uh, it's like not directed to the audience. So Blue is connecting with the audience. Milbata is like uh, this chevalier with his quest, crazy quest. It's me in a way because I'm behind this chevalier. But this piece is like really more me. It comes simply me. It still moves a lot. In the new piece. The new piece, yeah, stations. So I put it in four parts. I wanted to develop longer, the sections, because normally I have tendency to make dances of eight minutes. I don't know why, but I realized this with So Blue and Milbatai. And I thought, I want things to develop, to let it happen more and more. Ideally, I would have loved a piece, one movement only. But maybe I'll get there later. <laughs> now I said, okay, four. And it was hard to get to four because I found ideas. Uh, I have to drop some, but uh, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm very happy with it. Well, I can't wait to see it. We'll get to see the premiere in uh, Montreal in uh, May. Yes, during uh, yeah. the festival oh. there, and of course we hope to bring it to Ottawa, where you obviously, uh, you know, have like a second home and a huge <laughs> fan base. And uh, I can't thank you enough for your time. You oh. know that me and many of my friends and colleagues were your biggest fans. And oh. uh, I hope that uh, we see many, many more projects in oh. the years to come. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Cathy. Thank you, Louise. Mm. That's all for this NEC Dance Podcast. Send us your comments and questions by email at necpodcasts at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to NEC Podcasts at necpodcasts.ca. You can also find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre. This has been a National Arts Centre podcast. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store, where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NEC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.